Welcome to the Flicky Podcast, where even good films get bad reviews. I am your host, Chris, and this episode we are doing John's Desert Island Films. Are you ready, John? I'm ready to go. Okay. Um, I will say, yes. well, let's go through the rules again. Let's go. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Yeah, go for uh, it. So the rules uh, for, in case uh, no one's heard uh, beforehand, um, so John will have eight films. He's stranded on a desert island. He can choose any eight films he wants, um, but here are the rules. He will always have the Lord of the Rings trilogy. He will always have the original Star Wars trilogy, so the one with Mark Hamill and uh, Harrison Ford uh, from 77 to 83. And he will get to bring one inanimate object. Um, it has to be inanimate, and it can't communicate have any communication with the outside world. Um, and then at some point, a storm will ruin his island paradise, and he has to save one of his eight films. And those are the rules. Yeah. Pretty sweet. So we were talking before, and I forgot about that rule where you can only save one of the only eight. Save one. So that is going to be a tough one. I'm just going to go with my gut on that one when we get to it. Okay. I think I have an answer. Um, so let's start. So I already – so I said uh, on the last podcast that we didn't match at all. Can, can uh-huh. you remember your eight? Can we can we go through that real quick? Yeah, I have my list, so I'm not, it's, it's not uh, going to affect me. But uh, Jaws, yeah, uh, Back to the Future, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, uh, Disney's Robin Hood, uh, The Godfather Part Two. Uh, because you changed it on me. Yes, you son of a bitch. Uh, don't worry, I, I'm getting my comeuppance. <laughs> the Big Lebowski, uh, Rocky, and It's a Wonderful Life. Gotcha. Okay, so I said on that podcast that we didn't match at any of our films. Yep. That ended up being a lie. Okay. What was the one you kept? Uh, uh, the surprising one, Disney's Robin Hood. Gotcha. Right, right. Yeah. So... I'll go with the first one I'll go with is Godfather Part 2. Okay, there we go. So I fucked myself when I said – so originally <laughs> we were going to make it so that you get to keep the Lord of the Rings trilogy and uh, the Godfather trilogy. Yeah. Which is really just Godfather 1 and 2. The third one was not good. Yeah. But uh, we just say trilogy. It's easier to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, why don't we make it the Star Wars trilogy instead? Um, I don't know – I. I I think because the Godfather trilogy would have been too easy, I think I said when we spoke about it or we mm-hmm. had to make it. I, I don't remember why. But anyway, that was that I, I wish I didn't do that because Godfather 2 has not taken one of my spots and Star Wars <laughs> would not have taken one of my spots. I could have lived without. I'm realizing now I could have lived without the Star Wars trilogy for the rest of my life. OK, so, so why Godfather 2 over Godfather 1? Uh, I'm uh, assuming Godfather 1 is not on it. Correct. All right. Uh, why 2 over 1? Because I think. I think it's uh, arguably the greatest film ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, Godfather 1 is arguably the greatest film ever made, too. Mm-hmm. It's just, first off, Pacino's performance is off the charts. It, it's one of the greatest. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, Marlon Brando's performance in the first one is, too, and so is Pacino. He's excellent. It, it, you know what it is? It's Godfather 2 also has the spirit of Godfather 1 in it. 
Yeah. So I'm watching it and I'm just the full mythos is getting expanded in Godfather 2 yeah. in such a great way. And the contrast between the fall, the moral fall of Michael and the yeah. rise of his father, played by De Niro, who's also one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in light of the my memory of what the father becomes and is in Godfather 1. Yeah, it just it just builds so brilliantly on the first one that in a way having Godfather two one is wrapped up in there inescapably and yeah. it's and it's weaved just masterfully, mm-hmm. um, which I do think ultimately Godfather two is the better film if I have to choose, but it's helped by the fact that Godfather one exists. Yeah. So it's almost a little unfair to Godfather one in terms of the filmmaking and everything. They're both like just as good as good as a it's ever oh, yeah. gotten yeah uh in film so yeah that that would that's my pick okay so that's the first one there we go what should i go with second i'll go with the 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 more obvious one maybe <laughs> is uh the matrix the matrix is going to be on okay there. all I right that, i was i was i'm a little surprised by that okay uh uh would you did you choose that because of its like uh philosophy or is it or like entertainment value like why I why think, that film i think matrix out just, of all the action films. just combines it uh, combines like philosophy and filmmaking and sci-fi and almost uh, the 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 religious underpinnings um mm-hmm. and the uh you know it even delves into high fantasy a, li- a little bit with that with the religious underpinnings um it's just a really great action film. What I love about see, here's the thing about the action movie: the action movie is like is pure cinema. Mm-hmm. It didn't exist beforehand, so any action movie in a in the is in film is at, is the mo- is almost the most cinematic thing you can do mm-hmm. um, because it's movement on screen. You can't re- you can't really recreate that on stage. Uh, it's different in a book, obviously. It's not visual. Yeah. Um, and so I just I always have a strong affinity for great action movies, and I think this is, I do think The Matrix is one of the greatest films ever in terms of what it accomplishes. Yeah. Um, and I also, uh, you know, I am thinking about being on an island <laughs> for the rest of my life, and I I do think it's a positive. Like Godfather Two is 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 a tragic film. It's dark. It could be a downer. Yeah. And um, Very dark. I just like. It, the matrix is an optimistic one mm-hmm. and then there's the artistic achievement on top of it and also i love like keanu i just think is uh like has that innate uh goodness in him yeah. as as a, as a person i mean by all accounts he's an awesome person but he but he exudes it in the film and that's also something that i think it, it's he's almost underrated in that sense yeah um and it's a true hero story I agree. And a great one. And it's just high. It's also just highly, highly entertaining. It's just a film I could watch over. Over and over and over again. Yes. So very rewatchable. Yeah. And also there's a nostalgic element. It came out in 99. I was going to ask you that. You know, there's a connection to my uh, childhood there. It's just, uh, you know, the Matrix just has a nostalgic connection for me. Did you see it in the movie theater? I didn't. No, I was too young, but I did. I wish I did. It was great. I I watched it when it first came out because everybody talked about it. I watched it when it first came out on TV and I loved it. Mm -hmm. Um. So I'll do the Matrix, Godfather Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go with uh, one, uh, another, a weird one, Man for All Seasons. Okay. Uh, have you seen that with Paul Schofield? Yeah, I've seen it many times. 
Yeah, so Paul Schofield's one of my favorite actors. I think I he's. Did, I did not know that. Actually. Yeah, I love him. Okay. Uh, even really good more in so over show. the years. Yeah. Um, I mean, he hasn't done that many films. He's really a theater actor. I mean, I, yeah. I really also. It's like Jacoby. Yeah. So I, I also, I just respect him. So Paul Schofield, he like, basically he was, he's considered like one of the greatest Shakespearean actors ever. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever seen his King Lear. No. Um, the movie's weird, but he's excellent in it. Okay. And by all counts, he was just amazing on stage. I mean, there are clips of him like doing Amadeus. He played, he played, uh, yeah. he played, um, Salieri. Yeah, was that who did he op- act opposite? Because there was two different ones. Yeah, a famous. There's the it was one a famous with, actor as well. Because Ian Mozart. McKellen did it with Mark Hamill, and that did really well. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't McKellen. Okay, I forget who, but but it, the, there's clips on it online. Mm-hmm. He's brilliant in it. Um, he also just you know he he was very low key. Didn't really love fame. Was a, like just this highly regarded actor. Never left London. Got offered all these movie roles. Turned a lot of them down. Mm-hmm. You know, got married at like nineteen. Had two kids with his wife. Like they they stayed together forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't really care about the fame. Like just you know, just, just his work. Yeah. So he was yeah. he was just you know kept his nose to the ground. Working actor, highly respected, and it he just lived a life that I that I admire. Okay. Um, so that's why I love him as an actor. Yes. And I think he's great in this, but I, I just love the story. I love dialogue, like great dialogue. I, I, I find that, uh, especially as I get older, I love, this is part of why I love Shakespeare. It's just con, it's just arguments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're just figuring, it's like human beings figuring out how to live in the world. Yeah. Um, I love the time period. So he plays Thomas yeah. Moore in the film yeah. and basically he's put on trial because he refuses to condone uh, Henry VIII's uh, divorce. divorce and sep- and break from the church. Yeah. And uh, Thomas More, you know, kind of a controversial figure, but certainly a brilliant guy. I mean, uh, it kind of adds to the to me to the mystique in the film. Yeah. Um, and there are just some great scenes in there where where he's arguing about the nature of faith and the, the of of uh, you know just the philosophy of uh. uh sticking to your beliefs i mean mm-hmm. just on a more general level if you're not religious um and he just displays a man of of great integrity and conviction in it and because he, he's a man for all seasons yeah exactly right so and he just had i mean schofield an actor had just had such gravitas yep. and this quiet charisma um and again he's so this is part of why i respect it like he he's never never choose the scene just no, like he's it's very understated. Yeah, he's yeah very and understated. that's just how he is as an actor. But he, it's just he, he's just a true virtuoso, I think, in the role. And there's, um, and even, you know, you could get the sense like, oh, maybe like he really had great emotional range. Like the the scene in Man for All Seasons where he sees his family basically for the last time, and he's mm-hmm. like breaking down, and like the the way in which he, uh, uh. Schofield acts it. it it's just um it, it's so understated and subtle and powerful at the same time like the guy just he just knew what he was doing yeah um and the writing i just think i just think it's a it's based on a play and i i just think it's really really well written yeah it's 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 very i agree it's very well written it's also um that's i think that movie's also famous because it's uh that's the only film robert shaw was nominated for an oscar for oh is that true shaw's great in it yeah i think that's the only film which is Surprising considering the, what he's done because yeah, he was such a great work. actor. Yeah, he was. Uh, I also think Orson Welles is really good in that movie. 
Yes, he is as the um uh as the as the Archbishop. cardinal. Yeah, the cardinal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's um. I love the actors in it. I like that whole time. Like you said, I like that whole time period. Yeah, I love um, the Middle Ages. It's cool. I mean, it's not, I like that time of, period like of England. Period. Yeah, because uh, it's it's so uh, cutthroat. You know, you, they just got out of the War of the Roses. Yes, and then you have a the Anglican Church. Yeah, the schism founded, essentially because of Henry. Just VIII. because Henry VIII. And Henry VIII is a fascinating Spanish wife. Yeah, and well, Henry VIII is a fascinating character in himself. Yeah, like I mean, there, you know, at this point, Henry VIII was. I mean, he's like killed all his fucking wives. Highly (laughs) volatile. There's evidence, like people suggest now, that he had that accident where he he fell off a horse Mm -hmm. and he didn't. He wasn't breathing for like four minutes, and they thought he died, and he eventually came back to life. And people track. That I haven't looked deeply into it, but they've tracked the personality. Change. His personality changed. Like he became, he used to be really athletic, really good looking. Oh yeah, he got was morbidly obese. Yeah, he th- apparently he was like started, considered one of the like he was considered like one of the most handsome. Oh men yeah, in England, in yeah, like body wise too. Like he was jacked. Yeah, I mean he was a warrior. Um, and after that, became morbidly obese. Apparently, increasingly erratic. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when he started killing his wives. Yeah, it was just after because they couldn't bear him. A it son. was really. I was very short. Shortly after that, that Anne Boleyn was executed yeah um and that's what started it and people suggest that it could have given him brain damage and led to that his erratic behavior one shock so he's really interested and it's like that scene where he goes in the water and every all his advisors are terrified of him yeah and uh the relationship between him and uh schofield but also just schofield's uh or or thomas moore's um moralizing it and basically the arguments he makes uh, it's just Mm -hmm. um i highly highly recommend it okay um so, Man for All Seasons, let's go with an easy one, Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. I'm on that action movie kick, man. I told you I love a, gr- a great action film. Okay. I think Mad Max Fury Road is, again, it's a dark movie, but it ends on an optimistic note, which I like. Yes. Tom Hardy, also one of my favorite actors. I think he does a great job in this. Catherine, uh, oh, my God. Uh, Charlie Theron uh, is great. This is really her movie. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what? I've watched it a bunch of times now, I and – thought that when i first saw it but you watch it again and he she's like forward she's the forward hero but he really max really provides the backbone in that movie i thought he's really the spine well yeah uh but yeah you're right um and you know who's underrated in that movie so i i just think it's a great film more than joe (laughs) i think joe is such a great villain yeah and he's so underrated i feel like people (laughs) don't talk about how he's actually like real he's smart in it he's brave He's uh, he actually shows um, a certain uh, affinity, uh, not certain. He has affinity for the girls. He does actually like I won't spoil it, but there's a scene where basically he he mourns yeah. and um, over something that happens. And uh, the dynamics between the cast is great. I think the character development and specifically the relationship that develops between Charlie Theron and Mad Max over the course of like two days mm-hmm. and you feel it in the movie is like where they start and where they end yes is starkly different and it all makes sense it all tracks oh it's very much earned yes very Every, earned. all the payoffs are earned so and again this is and it's the same with the matrix it's it's pure cinema and it's also yeah. pure cinema and i didn't say this about the matrix but it's also true there where it was this was a mythology created for the film mm-hmm. so it's created for cinema it's it belongs to this art form yeah of the mad max series same with it. it's not adapted from anything they didn't bring it over like this is this is just 
this which yeah, George Miller with, just created a story. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's also so, highly visual. Not a lot yeah. of talking. Uh, supposedly, he spent years just storyboarding. Yeah. It. Oh yeah, he wrote like they they made a whole graphic novel before making the film. Yeah. Uh, I love the colors in that movie. Love it. Yeah. Very vivid. Um, yeah. It's an ex- that's move that's an experience that movie. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, like again, the, like the the uh, the the myth making that it makes out of it. Even there's a the qu- there's a quote at the end of the history of this yeah. apocalyptic time which in itself is its own mini story because what it says is that we're actually watching a moment in the past of yeah. this universe and there's a brighter future ahead yeah uh so it, it's just really fascinating and like it's like the 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 this re- again the religious underpinnings of almost like the, they've reverted back to this pagan uh, society, yeah. uh, uh, so uh, yeah, I just um, I just love everything about that film, and that's another movie worth. That movie is on. I'm watching. I I played with actually having that movie on my list. Oh really? Um, yeah. Uh, I wound up going against obviously, but yeah, that was it was on my mind. Um, I'll never forget. I watched it with somebody, and she said, uh, Morton Joe's, uh, like the boys. Yeah. She, she asked if they were zombies. <laughs> Wait, she literally thought they were zombies. Yeah, and it, and I, it's one of the few times I actually got annoyed. Like I didn't really get annoyed with her, but that was like one of the few times. Like, did you pay attention at all? Like at all? Oh, why, that would annoy me too. Why dude, you, I'll be honest. They're not zombies. They're just painted. Yeah. Just, well, they're sickly. They are sickly. sickly. Yeah. 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 The, the half life and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, then. Anyway, I. Uh, that's a great choice. Uh. Because, like you said, it is pure cinema. It is almost it's without the music and the and di- and like the very bits and pieces of dialogue. It's you could watch that movie silent. Oh yeah, and still get everything. Oh for sure. Need. Yeah, such it's such pure visual storytelling. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we'll go. With, uh, so yeah, Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. So we've gone Matrix, Godfather, A Man Frosty's Mad Max, Halfway Point. Um, so this is my I have I have to have a western on here. Okay old school western so i'm gonna go with one you're not gonna guess uh the man who shot liberty valance okay the john ford film love so, that movie i love yeah and I, this is also partly a nostalgia connection i remember watching okay. this movie it was just on tv one day when i was like 15 and to your point you said it uh on your one that you didn't love westerns growing up and yeah. i really didn't either no so it was just on tv i'm like let me start i like jimmy stewart i was like let me start watching this and I just loved it. Like this was the movie that made me fall in love with westerns, so it's a nostalgia connection. Okay. I also do think it's an excellent film. It's um, very well done. Uh, it's underrated. Yeah, it is underrated. It's an underrated gem. I mean, and it yeah. was it was a black and white film at a time where it didn't have to be. I don't know no. why he made it black and white. Like John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart are playing way below what their age is supposed to be. Like I do think they're supposed they're supposed to be like in their thirties at the yeah they're latest. supposed to be younger. And they're like in their forties or fifties. They probably could hide it with black and white. Yeah, maybe that's what the part of why. And also, just um, Ford liked work. You know, he won. He liked working with these guys. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, for sure. Um, and I just think it's a great film. It's also uh, uh, a great story of the West. It's like this. Mm-hmm. So the the story is basically the tension between Wayne and Stewart. You know, Wayne is. I mean, the the 
antagonist, quote unquote, the villain, I should say, is Liberty Valance, sort of, but like who's Lee Marvin? Who's Lee Marvin? Um, another great actor, but mm-hmm. the antagonist really is Wayne in the movie. Yes. Um, and it's that tension between the really the Wild West, the pioneering cowboy like Wayne, who um, basically moves through this world and acts with through force um, and strength versus this lawyer who literally comes into town like he introduced it's like this introduction of him representing law order civilization civilization right well it's like that book i gave you years ago that i read the the incorporation of america right and yeah how, yeah you know corporations not only corporations but also just how the government had when the when the west was sold yeah and all the land was sold it took a very long time to not only corral uh, native tribes but to corral our own people into, you know, living under the uh, and abide by laws and uh, norms, right? Like under an umbrella of a federal government, essentially, or and a state government, like right? Was, yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was you know that's why everyone had their own gun. You know, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, that's a, a interesting choice. Yeah. Well, I, no, keep going if you want to talk. It was just I, no, I didn't no. think I didn't think that you would choose that to be honest. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's just I was trying to think of a western and like. Yeah, this is this is a western, but it's less action packed than like you know the Leone. Oh, it's films. a thinking, it's a thinking man's. Yeah, western. and uh, you know, Mad Max is almost like a like a fucking cyberpunk western sort of. You know what I mean? It's a little stagecoachish. Well, George Miller talked you know about I mean? when he was making Mad Max. I, it's it's a western with cars. Right. That's what. Yeah, you know, yeah. He loved, he loved westerns. So so it it already again it's eight movies on a desert island for the rest of my life so it's it, mm-hmm. that it, mad max already kind of fulfills that uh the western action movie part for me okay uh if i didn't have man who shot liberty valance because i knew i wanted a western on here it would have pro- most likely been once upon a time in the west yeah um, i think that's probably my second favorite yeah. western so but uh what's your number one the searchers oh yeah yep another excellent film uh one of the best films ever um that's five i'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave the worst one for last. So okay. Oh, the oh the, the one that you said that uh, that it, it's a bad movie, but I'll yeah, enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I like that. I'll go with the comedy now. I got my one comedy on here. Always have to one. have a comedy. You gotta laugh. Yeah, and just a classic among classics, Monty Python, The Holy Grail. Okay, I thought about that putting yeah. it as well. I also okay. have a strong nostalgia connection for that because I saw that movie when I was super young. Okay. And I loved it. Like even one of my classroom photos mm-hmm. when I, w- I think it was fifth or sixth grade, I'm wearing uh, it's tis, it's just a flesh wound t-shirt. <laughs> I had the t-shirt, and I remember like my six. It was sixth grade. I know that when my teacher asked for a recommendation for a film, and I suggested Monty Python: The Holy Grail. Yeah, and we watched it, and it's so funny because I didn't <laughs> recognize it till years later. But the movie actually gets increasingly silly. Yeah. So, like, it's more, uh, you know, adult – not adult, but, like, clever, witty jokes in the beginning. And then it gets increasingly silly. Once we get to, like, uh, John Cleese who's playing – when he plays the wizard. Yeah. So we watched that film. <laughs> the bunny. And so we play. We had one class where we watched the first half, and everyone fucking hated it. Yeah. It was just me and my friend Ariana who liked it. Okay. Because, like, we, we loved we, – she actually appreciated good film. And not only that, know, a lot of s- kids in sixth grade don't get Monty Python's humor. Yes, That's, exactly. Yeah. You so, have to grow up watching And I remember shit. people being saying like, oh, yeah, John, thanks for <laughs> taking this movie. Idiot. And like, oh, we got to watch more of this. But then 
the second half of the film everyone loved okay it's so silly yeah so like the part with wizard with john cleese where he's doing the lightning and he plays yeah. tim yeah how the kid sixth grader howling with laughter <laughs> the hand grenade howling with laughter the bridge howling with laughter so i have a nostalgic <laughs> connection for that and it's also just okay. a hilarious movie again love That's the time period I'm, I'm picking the freaking middle ages again with the knights and everything um and I needed a comedy, and I wanted a classic. And uh, it's very quotable too. It's very memorable. Yes, film. very memorable. Um, and it's a movie that there's so many jokes that you. It's a movie that you catch another. I feel like you catch another joke or gag. So I, you, the more you see it, you think that's the best of the th- of the three Monty Python films. Oh, I think like pretty easily. I think the only thing that comes close, Life of Brian, is very good. I think it okay. comes close. The, I, I the don't last want to trample one. on you. I'm, I'm sorry. I just wanted to well, just. Oh, you like you discuss. prefer Life of Brian? No, I actually discuss Meaning of Life. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Um, I've I've got to see Meaning of Life again because I I have I saw it when I was a teenager, but I remember not. I didn't love it. I think Life of Brian is the most mature out of the three and has the most to say about things. Um, yes, it's it's the. I agree with that and. So there's worth in that. And there's some very funny parts in it. And it also has, I mean, uh, always look on the bright side of your life. Yeah. It's a great song. I love yeah. it. That song is awesome. Um, uh, but it can be a little boring. Yes. Um, yeah. I love It's a more straightforward story. I think you should. Yes. I think you should rewatch The Meaning of Life. It's fucking funny. Um, I'll watch it again. I remember, I remember liking it. I just. Yeah, I, I don't know. Watched I, Life I mean, of Brian and I'd watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Th- it sounds like I'm putting down the Holy Grail. It, it's, I'm not. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I sure. watched that movie all the time. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, and it's great. I just like the. I think I like the meaning of life just because, um, I like I Cleese really dominates uh meaning of life. Yeah. And I like John Cleese. So, um, all right. So interesting. You, that's holy. That's your comedy. Yeah. Okay. So that was six. Now I gotta pick. My artsy fartsy movie. Woo, artsy fartsy. Struggled with this. I mean, it's a it's a it's hard. Fam- man. It's a this famous is, one. These are not easy choices. People uh, yeah, think it's easy. It's not. Like I love Kurosawa, but there wasn't one Kurosawa film that I that really stood so much above the rest that I picked. Like I love, I love Tarkovsky. So okay. I was struggling here between like Andre Rublev, which I love. Okay. Didn't make the list, um, which is very artsy. But I went with um, Fellini's Eight and a Half. Okay. Which I've only seen twice. Um, I got to watch, but I just, I was just mesmerized by the film. I, I think the Very filmmaking good. is, it's also, here, here's what I like about it too. Again, with going with the Desert Island theme, like it, it's a cool hangout movie. Like mm-hmm. I love how Fellini makes these sprawling kind of Italian suburban, uh, not suburban, these metropolis epics yeah. where there's all these characters interweaved throughout the story. Mm-hmm. And in Eight and a Half, you know, talking about it specifically, it's all, they have all these characters, but it's all through the lens of the director. Yes. And it's a movie about movie making. Yes, it is. Um, and, you know, I love movies and it's just um, a really fun film and, uh, of, I've seen. I haven't seen all I mean, of Fellini's films. It's brilliantly films. composed and shot. Yes, uh, and I haven't seen all of Fellini's films, but I've seen certainly all his major works, and it's my favorite one of his majors, and it's uh, one that I watch again and again. And I love that lead actor. Actually, there's something about him that uh, that uh, I really, um, I just enjoy watching him on screen. I can't, Ma- Maestro Ma- something. I I, yeah. I should know his name, but I don't. Uh, um, I have a question. Have you ever seen the the Great Beauty? By Paulo Sorrentino. 
No, I haven't. All right, so if you like eight and a half, I recommend I recommend the Great Beauty. Okay. Uh, it's that it there's uh similar but different, in that mo- in that movie, uh, it's about a writer who uh is like in his sixties, and okay. uh, a life event happens and it makes him change the way he looks at life. Oh wow! Okay. And, cool. Um, but it's very like how it's shot, how it's composed is very. It's not lift. It doesn't lift from eight. It doesn't lift. Excuse me, from eight and a half. Like it doesn't. Yeah. But you can, it, you can tell, um, he was trying to like match that, uh, that, level that greatness, of, that le- that virtuosity. And he comes of very. It comes very oh, close. Does. Okay. It's an excellent movie. But yeah, eight and a half. Wow. Okay. I I'm surprised. It's a weird one. I would think I I just kept. Also I, I was of the like, subtitles. Oh, I like, dude. I put subtitle. Here's the thing. So that's funny because there are people who hate subtitles. I don't mind subtitles. I just I was thinking because I'm on a desert island, do I want to be reading that shit when I'm watching? Oh, it? if I'm on a giant screen, dude, I have subtitles on for English movies sometimes. Okay. When I don't feel when, like paying when you're attention. watching Peaky Blinders. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> uh, exactly right. <laughs> so I I actually kind of li- I actually genuinely enjoy reading subtitles. It do- yeah, it doesn't bother. I was just thinking because we we have very different lists in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. But I was just thinking. Yeah, uh, you know. It's also, okay. again, Desert Island, eight movies. I want to pick, like, I've got the best films. I've got different genres that I love. There's yes. nostalgic connections. Um, you know, there's the dialogue-heavy ones. Well, do like, you have a, do I you like have a Man a, for All Seasons is very dialogue-heavy. Um, do you have a nostalgic connection to Eight and a Half, or you just uh, – I saw it when I was, like, really getting into uh, more of international cinema. Okay. Like, and so it was one of the first um, great European movies that I watched. So okay. there is that nostalgic connection. Like, it, it did. Uh, so you were getting into world cinema. Yeah, it helped me ignite my love of of cinema in general okay. beyond just the American stuff. Okay. Because, um, you know, Fellini is so famous. And it was. Yes. I think it was it was the second Fellini film I ever, wa- film I ever watched. La Strada was the first, which is okay. a great movie, too. Yeah. Um, but this is. Uh, I just think it's it's a culmination of uh, all of Fellini's talents really coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this uh, him at his most mature, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's eight and a half. So let's go with the last one now. Okay, this is the bad movie okay. that I love that is just connected to my childhood. Okay, uh, ready to rumble. <laughs> So listen, we need to get some Diamond Dallas Page <laughs> in the island. <laughs> we need some Sting, some some Goldberg, some, some Goldberg, a real Goldberg, not the shitty yeah. Mighty Ducks Goldberg. Yeah, the real Goldberg. <laughs> we got a real Goldberg. I was going back and forth between like <laughs> this and like a. This movie even, is objectively bad, oh, but it's, it's bad fun. Film. It's a fun film. We've seen this many times, dude. This is a movie where if it's on TV, I'm watching it. I needed a bad film on the list. I needed a bad okay. film, so to juxtapose. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. And to I, I genuinely was like a bad film will also help me appreciate <laughs> other bad, uh, the great films. Yes. Um, like I want to be reminded on the desert island. You know, bad films also existed. Yes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I just loved pro wrestling growing up. Loved this movie. Loved. I do really love the the again the mythos. I love mythology, so I love the mythos behind 
pro wrestling and that world oh, yeah, that, that it's shit. yeah it's so fun and weird and theatrical yes and uh this movie it just has a lot of fun with that um jimmy king crown me yeah <laughs> crown me i just i you idiot I, I love it also by the way tangent have you seen the uh this is a complete tangent and yeah. this wouldn't have made the list but this is have you ever seen the documentary you cannot kill david arquette no, you told me that. You said it's very good. It's so and good. And that's when dude. he does the – you told me he does like a backyard wrestling thing. He does – it goes – dies. But basically – well, but he goes through – he basically starts from the ground up. And basically, if people don't know, David Arquette, the actor, he – in the – in Ready to Rumble, he becomes a professional wrestler. Yes. Right? By the – like, you know, he, he that's going to be – that's his calling, right? Yeah. And so WCW, because it's – he Which used, is owned by Turner. Yeah, and so WCW is, is, is ready to rumble. It's a WCW organization. They use the real wrestlers from it. Yes. But the star, the king, is made up character played by Oliver Platt, who's great in the film. He's a great actor. He takes this movie seriously, and it yeah, works. It it's works. Almost, it's like Michael Caine when he does the Muppets Christmas Carol. So yeah. <laughs> he's he's playing Scrooge fucking straight, and yeah. then he's got Muppets around him. That's, right. that's Oliver Platt. I'm going to do... Uh, a good Jerry the King Lawler. Yes. And I'm going to have a bunch of idiots around me. But I'm – you could put my tape out there. You're always going to have a pretty good scene with me. Yeah. And he – dude, he takes he's, it seriously. he's great in the film, man. I mean, if yes. it wasn't for him, if the, if the king – whoever uh, played the king was silly and bad, I uh, this would have been He had to play it straight. Fun. Yes. Yeah. And he does. And he does a great job, really. It's really like – again, that's another performance that won't be appreciated because <laughs> no. it's a bad film. Uh, but he's great. But he, you, so basically, what, what happened? So David Arquette in real life, WCW is like okay, and WCW was kind of flailing at the time. So they, they went were, they went out of business a year later. Yeah, <laughs> was it a year? <laughs> Actually, before a year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So th and they definitely talked about it in the doc. Um, but basically, they were like, "We're gonna make you champ. We're yeah, gonna make you which WCW is one of the reasons champion." Why I went to yes. Yes. And apparently they actually didn't address this in the documentary, but apparently Arquette was like, because Arquette was a pro wrestling fan, legit pro wrestling. He still is. Yeah. And he's like, that's not a good idea. No. Like, Arquette didn't want to do it, apparently. Yeah. And he did it anyway. And it's considered one of the worst, most disgraceful moments in pro wrestling history. Yep. If not, I wouldn't say the worst because WCW was probably going to fail. And, like, it's not like the history of, like, the WWE Championship has David Arquette on the list. It would be worse. At least it didn't endure. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, certainly top three for sure. Yeah. Uh, most embarrassing moments in pro wrestling history, disrespect to the sport. So basically, Arquette hasn't if been. You able didn't know it was fake, you know now. Yeah, but like, it's it's fake, but you know, obviously there's still a respect for the. Yeah, you still can get like hurt you gotta, doing what you're doing. Oh, they it's, always a, get it's hurt. a brutal sport, dude. Yeah. These, the wrestlers are nuts. It's why it's, it's such a fascinating world, dude. Yeah. Um, and in the movie, basically the documentary is about Arquette and like he's. And Arquette already has he has his issues. He's depressed. He's got yeah. emotional problems and stuff unrelated to that. But essentially, the documentary is basically him. He's never been able to live down uh, the the infamy the of, of yeah of yeah. of taking the WCW belt and not being an actor and not showing respect for pro wrestling. Essentially, is how it's viewed. Mm -hmm. And he goes, "I'm going to redeem myself by becoming a professional wrestler. I'm really going to take it seriously. I'm going to start from the I bottom didn't know up." This. Yeah. Okay. And let me tell you, dude, he fucking redeems himself. <laughs> it's so – and, like, he redeems himself just from the documentary itself. Yeah. So the documentary itself redeems him because it's so clear. Like, the documentary shows it has such a love 
for pro wrestling, and you yeah. could tell Arquette truly loves and respects the sport, yeah. and he loves and takes it so seriously. Like he goes, he goes through the gamut. He goes through backyard wrestling. He goes to Mexico. He oh, train. He goes to the smaller orgs and and puts on legit matches. Okay, and he actually gets good reviews. Like it, it's a journey, dude. Okay, and I did it's not know he did it's this. like this. This documentary is a love letter to pro wrestling. Okay, and it all harkens back really to Ready to Rumble. <laughs> Which he was the allowed sheriff, him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the law. <laughs> the law. And, uh, and Scott Conn. He's like the manager. He, he, yeah, yeah he, he, I, I, he's got the like the pimp cane and yes, shit. Yes, yeah. yeah, he's got the orange suit. <laughs> it's because he's five or, foot or two the, in real yeah, life. Exactly. He's got the he's got the, like the red zoot suit. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but it's just such a fun film. Yes. And again, like this is a movie that when it was on, me and my brother would always watch it. We loved oh, yeah. the movie. Uh, me and my friends would wrestle in our houses. You know what I mean? So, like, oh, it yeah. has it, – it just reminds me so much of my childhood as well. Um, yeah, this is peak fifth fifth grade oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Came yeah. out, what, 99? So, uh, 99 or 2000, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and then like – uh, I had it on VHS, dude. We would watch it all the I time. I used to find it – I don't. I wouldn't find it funny now, but when I was a kid, I used to uh, – the nun singing Running with the Devil. Oh, I, my was, God. I used to thought that was funny. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so, so unclever. <laughs> so stupid. The movie is unclever. Yeah, but it's got good actors like John Pantomiano who plays the bad guy yeah, in it. Yeah, he's, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Walt, what, uh, what's his name again? What's his character's name? Fuck. I forget. But who's the other great actor who I love? Oh, my God. Who plays uh, Sal, Sal Bandini. Oh, the guy who's, who was trained by Luthez? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Who's <laughs> I, I got to get the actor's name. I can't believe I'm forgetting it. Um, Martin Landau. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Love Diamond Dallas Page. He's also in the documentary, by the way. Okay. He's, he's well, friends he's with Arquette. He probably is. He he's probably, a, probably tried to find a way to uh, promote DDP yoga. Oh yeah, they do. Okay. <laughs> but, but actually, but okay. in the documentary, uh, uh, Arquette goes to see him. That's why he's in oh, okay. it. Arquette okay. goes to see. It's all. It's all from Arquette's point of view. Okay. The documentary. Okay. Highly recommend. That, doc- that documentary is legit good. I'll give. Even I'll if you don't. Watch. Even if you don't like pro wrestling, it's a really interesting documentary. Yeah. Uh, and a great if you don't know anything about pro wrestling or you wanted to see behind the scenes like how, but like the fa- like what's interesting in the documentary too is like the Ring of Honor stuff. Like the fans are so hardcore and they uh-huh. actually basically decide like he has to in the documentary win over the hardcore fans. Like they okay. there's a name for them. Uh, uh, what's his name? Who you love? Cornette's in it too. And he talks about it. They interview him. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and he talks about it. He's like, I forget what the fans are called. There's a name for them. But he's like, you have to appease these. Like, you have to pass the test of satisfying oh, these people <laughs> in order to really make it. Like, that's really? that's what they say. In it. And Arquette has to do it. Okay. It's, and he fails in it. And, like, it's just – it's really good. It's okay. really good. Um, that's a legitimately great documentary. I remember um, when we first started hanging out, and we would wa- we actually watched this a couple of times because we were just we couldn't do anything. We wouldn't go to bars. We were eighteen. Yeah, 18. yeah, we we're too young. I remember you used to do the whole uh, when Zappa's character in the beginning sticking his fingers yeah. up his ass. With, oh with the smells God. bad. The smells <laughs> bad. <laughs> Where he's like, uh, why do you have, why does it look like you have fingers up your butt? Because I do. <laughs> <laughs> like he like he basically he's like condescends him like yes. you idiots because my finger is up my ass. Oh, this is this is Macho it, Man with a scene with Macho Man. It's a stoner comedy if you really think. Oh it. yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's great. So ready to rumble. That okay. isn't going to be my one that I take away. <laughs> I don't. So I know at least not. there's that. <laughs> uh, that is a curveball. Yeah, that's I, I told you. That's funny though. So, <laughs> so my list: Godfather Two, 
All right. The Matrix, okay. A Man for All Seasons, Mad go. Max Fury Road, mm-hmm. The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, mm-hmm. Monty Python, The Holy Grail, mm-hmm. Eight and a Half, and Ready to Rumble. One is unlike the others. Yes. <laughs> Correct. That's okay. That's good. And sometimes you guess you gotta know you gotta you gotta feel the darkness to appreciate the light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? You need cold with with some heat. You gotta date the bad ones before you marry the good one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a big storm is coming. It's it's flooding your area. You don't know what to do. You can only save one of the movies because the other they're, they're about to leave. They're about to go into the ocean. Which of these eight films are you saving? So again, according to the rules. Oh we, wait, wait. Oh, um, we'll do it later. Do this first. The which of the eight? Which of the eight? Um, which of the yes? Now again, just to reiterate, I'm mm-hmm. keeping Lord of the Rings and yes. I'm keeping Star Wars. Right. I don't really care about Star Wars, but. You're, keeping Lord of the Rings, which is going to affect which one I keep. So yes. I, I'm going my uh, Godfather two. Okay. So yeah, so uh, just because it's a great film, uh, because it's a downer. If I didn't have Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. um, I would have picked something else. Okay. But again, I'm contrasting it against Lord of the Rings, so I'm going with Godfather two. Okay, that's a I, that's this an was excellent it, choice. It was it was tough. Um, it's also a long movie, like you know what I mean. Like I want a lot of yeah. the film. Like yes. Monty Python, the Holy Grail is only ninety minutes. Yes. Um, Mad Max Fury Road is pretty short. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's under two hours. I think Man for All Seasons isn't that long either. Like Godfather like Two, yeah. Godfather Two is over two and a half hours. So like that's a lot of meat. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Matrix also isn't that long. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, eight and a half is long, but uh, you know I'm picking Godfather Two over that. Okay. Um, Man Who Shot Liberty Violence isn't that long, so that's part of it too. But also it's just. It's just filmmaking at its best. I love the performances. Yep. And I love watching great acting, great scenes. There's so many great scenes in that. Uh, it's Pac- it's arguably Pacino's best performance among uh, an amazing body of yeah, work. It's crazy because he – so that year uh, he was nominated for, for Best Actor, obviously. Then you had Nicholson in Chinatown. Yeah. And they Dude, both lost to Art Carney. Yeah. And I love Art Carney. Don't get me wrong. But uh, Harry and Tonto uh, – but our Carney was like, because he was like a legend at that point, right? Our yes. Carney. So like, these guys were all budding, new. You know how the game works. Yeah. Oh no. But I there were some yeah. monster actor years that whole decade. Yeah, it's crazy. 1974 is a three very th- good year. Uh, five was really good. Uh, 76 with when Nicholson won with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. No, he won 75. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Was 75. Came out in 75. I thought. Are you sure? Yeah, because Rocky's 76. Rocky came out in 76, yeah. which means it was the 77 Oscars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, that's what I mean. That's okay, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's – I mean, 76 t- was Taxi Driver, De Niro, which I – which is, mm-hmm. in my mind, the greatest performance put on film ever. So, so exa- for example, Taxi Driver is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. It's such a fucking depressing film that it's yeah. not making this list. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's nihilistic. Yes. I love, I love that film. It's, again, filmmaking at its best. Yeah. And it's it does everything at its best. The screen screenwriting, uh, the acting, the cinematography, the music, the directing. Oh, the music. It's all. I, was, I listen to Ber- uh, Bernard Herman's like score oh, a lot. Yeah, I do too. Uh, haven't in a while, but I used to. Um, again, but it's such a. Dep- it's different than Godfather Two. Godfather Two, it's more of a, a. Again, it's a family saga too. Yeah. Um. So mm-hmm. it's it's 
tragic in a different way. And it's not as gritty. It, the romance kind of helps it a little yes. bit. And I don't mean romance as in a physical, intimate, real, uh, yeah, the romantic. Type the romance of, of the of the romantic to- storytelling, yes. the mythos of it again. Yeah. Um, and there are people to root for. It lets in you. It. S- it lets you swallow the 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 darkness yeah. easier. And you also feel sorry for Michael, even like you know, it's a, he's a he's a cautionary tale. Oh yeah, that, as I opposed mean, to like Travis Bickle, who's just uh, an insane person. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, he's, an, he's I'm being essentially redu- an incel. Uh, yeah, I'm, redu- I'm being reductive, but yes. Oh, he's an incel. I mean, yeah. he brings a girl to a porn theater. Yeah, I mean, like, he'd, he, he's, cr- he's he'd be the guy killing people today in mass ex- shootings. Today. Exactly. That's um, exactly what he is. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, The Godfather Part Two is one of the best movies ever made. I can't. There's nothing. And also, I have a so nostal- uh, nostalgic connection. So you know, I loved film growing up, but I remember when I first really like went head in mm-hmm. into truly um watching the great movies that i knew i needed to watch yeah was my the summer when i was 16 working for my dad and all the money i made i would just go to walmart yeah upstate and they had an awesome like looking back they had an awesome collection of movies they okay. had all the great films so that's when i watched godfather one two serpico one flew over the cuckoo's nest um uh, Chinatown, uh, Five Easy Pieces, uh, yeah. Taxi Driver. I, I had seen Taxi Driver actually, but mm-hmm. I did buy it and watch it again. Yeah. Um, and a few of those movies I had seen, but like, like I had never seen Godfather until I was like sixteen. Oh, okay. Um, so, what I, I was just blown away by. I was like watching one of the best movies, Apocalypse Now, which yeah. I had seen growing up, but I, you know, I didn't really appreciate it until later. Um, the That's conversation. The French Connection, yeah, uh, yeah. So just awesome, awesome movies. So I, I really have a nostalgic connection to it as well. But it's it, it yeah, it's just a masterpiece, and it just it, it's an, that's another movie. I mean, all these movies, I guess they're they're of the eight, but that if they're on, I'm gonna watch it. But Godfather okay. two, yeah, that's one of those movies that's hard to, for me to pull away when it's on. Okay, um, what is your inanimate object? <sighs> it's because uh, I sigh I, I sigh because. What I want to go with, yeah, is handle of bourbon. <laughs> okay. To have on the yes. island. Okay. But I have a watch that my wife gave me. Yeah. In grad school, which I really love, that uh-huh. has an inscription on the back. That's very sentimental. Um, it's just a plain like wooden watch because she she knows she I mentioned once that I would like to get a wood watch once, so she got it for yeah. me to, like as a present. It's mm-hmm. got a like Shakespeare quote on the back. Okay. Um, What's the quote? Uh, I love you with so much of my heart that none is left to protest. Where's that from? Um, much Ado About Nothing. Okay. Beatrice, when he pro- she professes her love to um, the fuck's his name, also starts with a B, to the to the protagonist of the bit. Uh, oh my God, I'm so I'm famously terrible with names. <laughs> uh, this is a this is a play I've only <laughs> literally done, and. Uh, you know, read at least <laughs> at least five times, at least five times. Um, but uh, uh, Benedict. Anyway, that's the quote. Okay. So I gotta bring that watch with me. I need that watch on the island. Uh, yeah. So I, if I, she uh, never got me that watch, I'd it'd be, be a handle of bourbon. Oh, it'd be a handle of bourbon. I like. I I, I would want a really nice bourbon yeah. if they make it in a handle. Like I can't get a barrel, right? Like that's cheating. Yeah. Oh well. You know what I mean. Well, yeah, I guess. I, you can't, you, could just you say, can't exactly go uh, to Kentucky and be like, 
uh, hey, I want a barrel of Pappy McDaniel's. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so I didn't best, even look up fancy bourbons because that, I figured. That's considered like the best one. No, I know. I yeah. know Pappy. But like uh, there are other ones that I wouldn't mm-hmm. know. But like, um, you know, I'm not going to say that. But it, it would it, if it wasn't for the watch, it would be a handle of bourbon just because I want it to last. I want as big a bottle of bourbon as yeah, possible. Exactly. It could be a mid-level bourbon. I could take a Woodford Reserve. I'm fine. It's a big I love wood with reserve. I just the biggest version. Because the fancy, yeah, the fancy ones are not going to make it in a handle, really. Yeah. You I w- know. yeah. Maybe one of the like you don't drink it all at once, obviously, but one night you just be like, I want. That's get, what I'm saying. I want to get a load on exactly for one night. Exactly. I would make it like a once a month, <laughs> once every few months thing. I could make it last. Yeah. But I need a big handle for that. Yeah. But I'm not getting drunk on this island because I got the watch. <laughs> so at okay. least I got a watch. John, you brought a sentimental watch. I brought a sentimental bag. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I you brought, brought a, a. At least you could carry things in it. A fucking cotton bag. Even if the watch works, it ain't going to work for long. <laughs> Which I. St- <laughs> Eventually it's going to stop at working. At least you know why you got your watch. I don't know why the fuck I got my bag. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but. Okay, so the watch, we are saving The Godfather Part 2, and hopefully we make it off the island. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's part of it, too, I guess. We could potentially make it off. Hopefully island. we make it off. We don't know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm playing for keeps here. All I'm right. assuming we don't make it off. That was a great list. Your list was more uh, intellectual and thought-provoking than mine, so that shows uh, the differences, which is good. Yes. Um, yes, it does. Yes, it does, uh, which, uh, which leads to me – uh before we end this uh sight and sound comes out with the 10 best films every 10 years and it always happens on a year that ends with two so obviously it's 2022 sight and sound will be coming out with the 100 best films of all time which is they give it to actors directors writers people in the business uh and they write down what they think uh, are their 10 best films and then they do an aggregate total Blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the last time this was done, 2012, it was the first time uh, Citizen Kane was not number one. It was number two. Number one was Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Bullshit. Which surprises me a lot. It's a stupid pick. I don't know what people see. I, listen, I like Vertigo. <laughs> yeah. The greatest it's right. movie it's good. ever. No, it's not. It's not even his ever. best movie. He's done better movies. He's done no. several better movies. Do you, you know the story behind that, right? It was like a disaster when it came out. Everyone said it was like a piece yeah. of shit, and then it got became a slow yeah. resurgence. And it is – I mean, it's a it's a really it's a good really, – it's a really it's good well. film. Yeah. I don't understand what they're seeing. You know he is. blamed Jimmy Stewart for its failure, right? Oh, did he? <laughs> he yeah. said it was the performance? He just – I don't know. He blamed Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> he said it would have done better if Cary Grant was in the role, which I just actually disagree with, but – the same shit. Stop. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart is a great actor, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he's one of my favorite actors. Yeah, but they are different. Um, They're different actors. Yeah, yeah. I like Harry Grant, too, a lot. I yeah. mean, he's, he's Archibald just, Leach, you mean? Yeah. Uh, but I'm bringing this up because we did this Desert Island thing where it's uh, we're not talking about our favorite movies. You know, we're just talking about movies we're bringing. Uh, not or best movies, I should also say. Uh, but we will be doing at some point, probably in October or when the list comes out in November, we will be doing our 10, uh, what we think are the best films. Yeah. So we'll, it will be, uh, different from this list. There'll probably be a couple movies. Where are you going to put, uh, one. Avengers Infinity War? Your number nine? Oh, number one. Okay. Are you kidding me? That do you know how, easy. do you know how hard I get when Captain America says Avengers Assemble? <laughs> Dude, let me tell you, Captain America Winter Soldier. 
That's creeping up there for me. That's another movie when that thing's on. Captain America is also or one of my Thor, favorite superheroes. When Thor coming. says, I knew it, and Captain oh, America can get the dude, hammer. Love that part. That's my favorite part of that film. That's Endgame. That's Endgame, isn't it? That's Endgame. It's, it's the best part of the film. <laughs> I love that movie. But uh, no, it actually won't be in the top ten. No Marvel movies. You know how – so as uh, as nice as my list for the Desert Island was and as thought-provoking as your Desert Island uh, picks were, my top ten best movies of all time uh, are dark, <laughs> nihilistic. They don't have a good view of the world. <laughs> well, Godfather 2 is going to – that's going to make that list. For sure. I can't. I'm going to bury that weed and, and say it's on the list, but I'm not going to tell you how high it is. Oh, sure, sure, sure. That's, but, fine. Uh, That's fine. We need people that, to listen I mean, to it. Uh, yeah, it's going to be on there. Godfather 2 is on the list, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's That's probably the one I mean, eight, on my list. Uh, I mean, there's a few movies here that – I might have just picked the greatest films of all time on my list. I think that's what happened. <laughs> We're going to see. We're going to see. We'll find out. Well, I'll tell you, the one movie I'm saving, Disney's Robin Hood, ain't going to be on the top ten list. No. It's not even the best. Listen, whatever. But it's not even a uh, – like I can name 20 probably animated films better than Robin Hood. But Right. Like know, I love is, eight that's, and a half. That's the difference and, between these lists. And if someone puts eight and a half in the top ten ever, I, I respect the hell out of it. But I might find nine other movies that – yeah, uh, replace it. I can point. I, yeah, because this also, is all subjective. I'm not. And you know, we're also encompassing all of the worlds. Like it's hard. Yeah. You, oh, it's hard. It's it's, non- it's it's almost nonsense. It, it's it's almost like um, like in fighting they'll say like the best pound for pound fighter. Yeah. To try to compare fighters of different weight classes, it doesn't. It's nonsensical. Yeah. Right. It's impossible. Yeah. It's also at, at that point when it's you, almost arrogant. If you are talking about best, there is a part of like. These are also a little bit of your favorites. Obviously, it might not be your favorite. Fav- like, I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's one of my favorite mil- films. I'm uh-huh. not going to put it on the top ten. But The Godfather Part Two is one also my, one of my favorite movies. So that factors yeah. in. Yeah, of course. You know, in your decision-making with these choices. But, but you yeah. know, it is a bit – because, like, when you're saying the best of the best, like, you haven't seen every movie. No, no. one who makes this list has seen every film. No. It's not like sports. No. Like, LeBron James is clearly the best basketball player in the NBA. Yes. You know, I mean, you could make the argument, oh, there are more players. There are players. There are players uh, worldwide, but you know, the best come here, so it's not objective. I'm, I'm not saying anything. No one knows, but point being that it's just the preface that uh, we're making our top ten. We're not saying that your top ten is wrong. No, no, there's whatever. no, there's no right or wrong answers. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. Uh, very good list, John. Thank you for your time. Hopefully, at some point, if this podcast really uh, goes up, we could do this with other people. That would be awesome. That could be fun. That would be a fun thing. Hopefully, that happens in the future. Uh, any parting words? Nope. Go watch great movies. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Till next time. Bye.